0: the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And Jesus said to them, take care Be on guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then Jesus told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise
1: I don't know if you notice this, but um, this morning the front page of the New York Times. Um, which uh, I actually do read before going out the door, just to make sure that the world hasn't ended. Um, and I think they might know before anybody else. But there was, a, there was an article uh, this morning, and it was about a gentleman who uh, lives in Silicon Valley, and he's a, a very bright, hardworking gentleman, uh, who has managed to acquire approximately three, million uh, into his bank account by virtue of his hard work and dedication. Uh, However, when asked uh, what his future was to be, basically he said, well, that's not enough. Uh, I'm going to be doing some extra work and I work from seven to seven and long hours on the weekends uh, so that I can really make a big killing. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but frankly, I think people like that give the rest of us with three point five million dollars a bad name. <laughs> and um, this th- this text uh, from Luke um, might be one where you you think we know where we're going, and and yet, and yet, and yet, this probably is going somewhere else. And what I mean by that is that here we are in the sleepy summer season, maybe not expecting to hear too much uh, challenging spiritual uh, works or ideas, and yet there it is. Jesus is right in our face, And he is saying, who do you love? Who do you love? Where is the area of ultimate concern for you? Where is it? And this is a parable about somebody who truly got it wrong, about what the important things in life are. You may remember that uh, seminal book by Viktor Frankl called Man's uh, Search for Meaning. Uh, If if you don't know it, uh, it's it's a book, uh, sort of a a biography, sort of an autobiography, sort of a a work of theology uh, written by a man who was in Auschwitz. And this was a man who not only survived, but for whatever reason was graced by God uh, with uh, insight and uh, paradoxically enough, uh, love. Uh, towards those uh, who had uh, incarcerated him and killed so many uh, of his people. And in this book, he says, what was it that was different between the people that died and the people that lived? And he acknowledged, of course, that a great deal of it was just pure random chance. However, he also observed that in the aftermath, of the Holocaust. The people that seemed to cope the best were people who had some purpose for life. Not necessarily God, but usually it was. In other words, man's search for meaning and ultimate value begins and ends with God. And if we don't do that, If we don't choose to obey that, then we will end up like this poor man in the parable. Now, Jesus sort of warms us up to his topic because he's walking through the streets and this uh, young fellow comes up and he says, uh, uh, Lord, I'd I'd like you to help me uh, get some money out of my brother. Um. And you've got to understand, this is an inheritance thing. And the younger brother only gets the money from the older brother if everything is okay. And so he and also there's a percentage that he can get um, and he can get a lot or a little. So this young man is coming up to Jesus saying, I want you to make my brother hand over the cash as much as possible. And of course, our Lord treats that request with the disrespect that it deserves. He says, come on, that's not my job. I'm here for other things. Other things. Ultimate meaning. Ultimate meaning. I'm here for other things. And then after that, he tells a story, which is a parabola, a parable. And that's where we get out of ourselves and out of the actual story into a whole new area. And that whole new area, again, is... What's really important to you? Let me show you this gentleman. And this gentleman uh, is hugely wealthy. There's no doubt about it. Um, In fact, we know that he has worked hard all his life and he has had one occupation and one preoccupation only throughout the whole span of his life. accruing more wealth, period. That's what this guy is doing. Complete preoccupation with his uh, possessions, having goods, having prosperity. And, of course, our Lord is implying, don't go there. Because once you're there and you have yourself surrounded with your possessions, what you have is a situation where you're surrounded with your possessions. And that's it. That's it. In fact, they may even hold you captive, these possessions. So that's the first thing that's wrong. That kind of preoccupation cannot lead you to God and cannot lead you to happiness. And it can't lead you to greater understanding. It, in fact, does the opposite. And then the next thing that he implies is that this wealthy man has said, I am satisfied. I am in control. I need no help. All of us can appreciate the, A, the wish to say that and the awareness that that is very unsteady ground in the Christian's life. I can do it on my own every time. Absolutely not. And this man's delusion of self-sufficiency will damn him forever. He does not understand that he has to turn to his fellow man and he has to turn to God for his help. And so great wealth does create the illusion of self-sufficiency. And our Lord is saying, no, no, step away from that. Next. I think it's obvious, and uh, any of us who have uh, 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 lived through the uh, uh, the 90s and the 80s with with Mr. Geekho, the stockbroker who uh, uh, accumulated huge amounts of money uh, and uh, used them unwisely and gained them dishonestly, can understand that greed isn't just sort of a passive thing. What happens, I think, is you become possessed. Sort of like perhaps what what happens to you if you get possessed by any of the seven deadly sins. It gets into you and it completely erodes your character, your spirit, your attitude towards others. You forget about all that. They just lapse. And that's why greed is so dangerous. Because It is like a caustic acid that burns away your soul. And then literally you have a gaping hole in your heart. There isn't anything left because of greed, because you want more and more. You can never be satisfied. Uh, You can never get enough. Um, We're fortunate perhaps in, in reading Dickens' A Christmas Carol because Scrooge, who had been dedicated to that life, led primarily around the world By his nose, by greed, gave it up. Morally, however, his partner did not give it up. And so he died in a terrible way with terrible burdens, which we heard about in the first chapter of that book. So greed is not a thing that we should get too close to. And I think there's a lot of things in our society which say that greed is, is good. Just like Mr. Gecko, there's, the there's, there's several other people uh, and anybody who's uh, managing one of the hedge funds uh, that uh, is still extant uh, will know, uh, we will heard that they have all done Beyond anybody's wildest dreams. I mean, that amount of money is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And greed is leading them to a great fall. And that's not, that's sort of a fact. It's not, it's not even uh, ranting from the pulpit. It isn't. It's a fact. And then, remember the, the rich man says, you know, what I'd like to do is first, you know, these barns, I mean, they're overflowing. They're, the, the, my stuff is rotting. I've got to, what am I going to do? Am I going to give it away? No. I'm going to build a bigger barn. And then what am I going to do? Well, I've got this big barn. I've got all this stuff. And what am I going to do? I'm going to party. I'm going to party. I'm going to eat and drink. And he says, I will. I will. I will. That's the self sufficiency, isn't it? I will. I'm going to enjoy myself. I want to feel good no matter what, and really all I want to do is pursue pleasure. And I think we understand enough about our Lord to say you know it's okay to have to have pleasure and joy, but we are his. And if we're his, we have to do what he wants us to do. And it's not sitting around partying um, I can remember very well that uh, the people I worked with in the Framingham Heart Study in Framingham were these were all older people and I had to go to their house and interview them for the heart study and basically whenever you called, they weren't there. They were out doing stuff. I mean, they were seeing their grandchildren, living with their grandchildren, going to the shelter, going to the working at the, the, the food pantry. And I just found it kind of entertaining that they were uh, they certainly weren't sitting around with their feet up. And I think most of us know the dangers of uh, a, a retirement like that where you don't do anything or you don't develop any interests before you retire. I mean, I can tell you a very grim statistic that uh, 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 men 65 to 70 have a much higher death rate if they retire at 65 than other comparable uh, cohorts. And what, what it means is somebody's worked for General Motors for 30 years. Uh, they have no hobbies. They didn't do anything. Maybe they went to church a little bit, but they don't, they don't have anything. And they go home and they sit in their living room, and frankly, they drive their wife crazy, and then unfortunately, they die. They really do. I mean, it's a very unfortunate thing. In other words, the more you have, the less likely you are to face that kind of end. And by what I mean by the more you have, I I mean a relationship with God that helps you kind of, you know, reach out uh, and, and do more. Um, and I think a lot of us uh, uh, are observant sometimes that people have sort of, a, you know, a, a hidden atheism about, about their possessions. In other words, they might say, well, I believe in God in theory, but I'm really going to be my own money manager and I'm going to accrue all this wealth and that stuff's okay. And it's sort of a... It's sort of a uh, 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 a two two level uh, kind of thing and it's it's not quite honest I think Um, and and so Jesus uh, is pulling us back uh, at all times away from things which sadly you know we're human and and that we might sort of tend to drift off into and he's saying listen um, you know this fellow who had so much and was enjoying himself so much and was planning on hanging out Lying down and you know just resting on the beach in Cancun, it didn't happen because God wanted him now. Because why? Because he's God. He's not. He's not in charge. We aren't in charge. That's all the more reason why we need God. We need to understand that he is uh, uh, our our leader. He is part of us, and we can turn to him for guidance. We can. But the option of just materialism ends up, as I said before, with materialism. And that doesn't go anywhere, because after a while, you don't delight in any new things. You don't care, but they don't speak to you. They don't speak to our soul. So Jesus today, again, sort of on a, maybe a sleepy, warm Sunday, you come in and... Uh, Think well, you know. I don't quite know what we'll hear today, but but what, what you're hearing is if this isn't me. This is Jesus saying, "Watch out, watch out." And you should understand that you know if the health of uh, the Red Sox is greater than the health of this church, you know you're you're in trouble. You're in trouble. That's what that's the kind of thing he's saying. I know that's this is a very dangerous thing to say, but but, <laughs> but honestly, that's what that's what our Lord is saying. saying so please just. Reevaluate your priorities and don't go the route of this poor man because if you do, you'll be just as miserable as he is. In God's name, Amen.